It was the night before the fight. I mean, the race, I should say. And uh, Goggins stops by the Navy SEAL Team 5 gym mm -hmm. and sees SBG in there, who is one of the instructors of the BUDS training. And just what he said, he said, uh, Goggins, let's jack some fucking steel. I laughed. He stared me down. You know, Goggins, he said, stepping closer, when the Vikings were getting ready to raid a fucking village and they were camped out in the fucking woods in their goddamn tents made of fucking deer hides and shit sitting around a campfire <laughs> did you think they said hey let's have some herbal fucking tea and call it an early night or were they more like fuck that we're all gonna get drunk on some vodka made out of some mushrooms and get all drunked up so the next morning when they're all hung over and pissed off they would be in the ideal mood to slaughter the shit out of some people <laughs> and then they went and did a leg day where their legs were throbbing the night before a hundred mile race in two hours in 24 hours <laughs> Maybe you're the protagonist in your story, but like there's a million other people. All right, hey, welcome back everybody to another episode of Paradigm. We hope you're doing better today than you were yesterday. And don't forget, now equals tomorrow. Before we get started and jump into our content for today, we want to remind you to subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave us a comment down below. We love hearing from you. Also, don't forget to blah. Don't forget to <laughs> follow us on all our social media platforms. The information will be in the description below. So in this episode this week, we're going to be discussing chapter six from David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, titled, It's Not About a Trophy. So the first thing is, we want to know what our favorite parts were and why. Do you have yours ready? Oh, <clears throat> Go ahead, Dave. So I just... Um, just a highlight. Um, I try to minimize my highlights as much as possible to highlight significant moments. But my favorite part where he, he's talking about um, it's during the race. I um, mean, he's, he's, he uh, phrases when your body's broken and beaten, when you're confronted and with agonizing pain and staring into the unknown, your mind will spend. And that's when these, those questions become toxic. Um, the questions he's referring to are why he's doing what he's doing. Um, in this case, he's running 100 miles in 24 hours. Right. And then he goes on by stating, if you aren't prepared in advance, if you allow your mind to remain undisciplined and in, in an environment of intense suffering, it won't feel like it, but it is very much a choice you are making. The only answer you're likely to find is the one that will make you stop as fast as possible. Why I found so, so, so much significant in that is because he, I think he broke down why people need to become more disciplined um, mm. because it's, it's not a battle with you and the external world. It's about battle with you and you. Mm. Um, so if you're not prepared, especially when it comes to if it's financial, if it's physical pain, if it's emotional pain, when you're under this pressure, if you're under this scrutiny of, of agonizing pain of any sort and you're not prepared to go through it, the first thoughts you're going to have are those doubtful ones. Mm -hmm. So if you're not prepared to handle those doubtful thoughts, your first thing to do is to quit and give yeah. up and kind of act, kind of take a step back and be like, I don't want to do this no more. Right. So that, that's, that's my significant point in this whole chapter, especially with him running a hundred miles and yeah. hours. <laughs> There's Literally. a lot of stuff you could talk about in this chapter. But my, my favorite part comes like right before that in the paragraph before it says, it's funny, humans tend to hatch our most challenging goals and dreams, the ones we, that demand our greatest effort yet promise absolutely nothing when we are tucked into our comfort zones. I was at work when Cosman laid out his challenge for me. I just had a warm shower, I was fed and watered, I was comfortable, and looking back every single time that I've inspired to do something difficult, it was in a soft environment. Because it all sounds doable when you're chilling on your fucking couch with a glass of lemonade or a chocolate shake in your hand. 
When we're comfortable, we can't answer those simple questions that are bound to arise in the heat of battle because we don't even realize they're coming. But those answers are very important when you're no longer in your air-conditioned room under your fluffy little blanket. When your body is broken and beaten, when you're confronted with that's, that's agonizing pain. Yeah, yeah that, so it precedes exactly that part. Uh, that was your favorite part. But yeah. I think it was my favorite part because I've noticed this behavior even in myself. But growth doesn't occur when we are comfortable or aimless. We can't improve without being in the crucible of life. We can't find ourselves without being in the crucible of life. And uh, I've been doing a lot of running recently, listening to David Goggins' running videos. Uh, it's the top one you find. <laughs> Motivational. <when>, yeah. <laughs> while I'm running, just listening to it. And he says, you know, you hear people say when they get out of high school or something like that, you know, I'm just going to find myself. Right? But what are they typically doing? You know, they're not they're out there in the throes of life, right? Putting themselves through hard stuff. They're just, you know, traveling. Yeah. Like, I'm not, not to say that there's not hard parts about that, mm -hmm. but they're not really building themselves in the crucible of life they're just kind of flowing through it mm -hmm. so i've noticed that even in myself and i i just thought it was a really big part of the chapter for me yeah how about you david um i really like the part at the end after he finished the race and his you know all the like gross details about him like just straight up killing himself dying over <laughs> over the the race and then when he gets back to the uh, his his wife helps him to the apartment, and instead of going to the ER, um, something had clicked in his brain where he, like, he just realized that he didn't he had achieved something that he never he didn't prepare for, and um, he had told himself that he wanted to, like, sort of enjoy that that pain that he was in because it was something that he had earned. Um, I don't know, I I really like that, and I I like the fact that. There's this part where he says, um, I knew then that I had been selling myself short, that there was a whole new level of performance out there to tap into. And he didn't prepare for that. So it made him wonder, like, what if I do do some sort of preparation? Like, how, what, what could I do then? Mm. Um, and I just I think it's amazing, dude. I don't even know how this it sounds like he was just close to death. At this <laughs> yeah. point. Like, I'm like kidney failure, <laughs> bro. Yeah. People die. Over this, you know what I mean? Yeah. But definitely. Um, it was super inspiring, you know. I mean, if he can do this, I feel like once you master your mind, you can push past push past that threshold and tap into something that you didn't think was even humanly possible for you. Yeah. So definitely. yeah, I think that's super cool. Yeah. What about you, John? Yeah, my favorite part was just the dialogue he had with himself uh, while he was doing the hundred miles. Um, and like him describing the pain he's going through and his just continuation through it, it just reading it helps me like push myself like in little increments more than what I was pushing myself prior, you know, because mm -hmm. I was like, dude, if this guy can straight up like keep pushing that 65 miles, keep pushing that 70 miles, you can go ahead and run three miles, dude. Like, don't get <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> um, That's just, sure. yeah. So like, like when, when I started having like a tight chest and stuff or whatever, you know, feeling fatigued, I'm like, dude, you're going to be all right. This guy ran a hundred miles, like <laughs> yeah. it, drinking like protein shakes and shit. Yeah. Like no water. It's like, crackers. Uh, but you're going to be fine. So, uh, that's like, that was my favorite part of the book. Yeah. Hell yeah. I just wanted to mention too, on page 167, there was like an honorable mention. It was a night before the fight. I mean, the race, I should say. And uh, Goggins stops by the Navy SEAL Team 5 gym 
-hmm. and sees SBG in there, who was one of the instructors of the BUDS training. And just what he said, he said, um, Goggins, let's jack some fucking steel. I laughed. He stared me down. You know, Goggins, he said, stepping closer, when the Vikings were getting ready to raid a fucking village and they were camped out in the fucking woods in their goddamn tents made of fucking deer hides and shit sitting around a campfire. (laughs) Did you think they said, hey, let's have some herbal fucking tea and call it an early night? Or were they more like, fuck that, we're all going to get drunk on some vodka made out of some mushrooms and get all drunked up so the next morning when they're all hungover and pissed off, they would be in the ideal mood to slaughter the shit out of some people. (laughs) And then they went and did a leg day where their legs were throbbing the night before a 100-mile race in in 24 hours. (laughs) I I just thought it was an honorable mention, and SBG sounds like... An inspiring guy. It sounds like an animal. (laughs) (laughs) On some Iron Man. Right? That's crazy. For real. All right. So I'm going to jump into the summary of the chapter. It's kind of surface level. So if you guys think this sounds interesting to you, I highly suggest picking picking up this book. We love it. It's inspired us to make some changes incrementally just to become better men. So highly suggest you pick it up. It's like at most like 19 bucks. So read along with us. Definitely worth it. Get the limited like, edition. You're going to be wanting to run and climb up a fucking mountain. When you <laughs> yeah, that's Crazy. for sure. All right. So chapter six begins with Goggins running a 100-mile and 24-hour race. The race took place at San Diego's Hospitality Point. Goggins describes it as a terrain so vanilla it's downright serene. The road is almost entirely smooth asphalt and perfectly flat, save a brief seven-foot incline with the pitch of a standard suburban driveway. But the day after John Metz, the race creator, chalked his easy one-mile course, it became the scene of my total destruction. Prior to this race, Goggins hadn't run more than a mile in six months, and his only dose of cardio was 20 minutes on the elliptical once a week. Still, he thought it was a brilliant idea to try and run 100 miles in 24 hours. Not only that, but the night before, the race, Goggin stopped by the SEAL Team 5 gym and hit an extreme leg day with SBG. After his workout session, he came up with his nutrition plan for his 100-mile race, one box of Ritz crackers and two four-packs of Myoplex, a thick protein drink. Goggins paid no sufficient slash adequate attention to what his body would need for a 100-mile run. What makes this even crazier is that he took on this challenge with only three days' notice. To pursue his ultimate goal of running and competing in the Badwater 135 race, he had prerequisites he had to complete. The completion of at least 100-mile race or one 24-hour race covering at least 100 miles. SPG, one of the Navy SEALs BUDS instructors in Goggins' classes, attempted to have the prerequisites waived through an email. In this email, SPG guaranteed Goggins would finish top 10 because of the fact he was a SEAL, but the race creator wasn't having it. So Goggins gave him a call. The creator states on the call, we have certain standards for getting into our race and that's the way it is. But hey, there's a 24 hour race in San Diego coming up this weekend. Go run 100 miles and get back to me. Goggins shared that that Metz's voice, Kosman's voice, excuse me, was dripping with sarcasm. After all that Navy SEAL bluster, Goggins accepted and wound up running the San Diego one day with three days notice. Everything was going great until the 26th mile. Goggins still kept up a great pace, remaining in fifth place, but the pain was becoming real. His quads throbbed, feet were chafed and bleeding. After the 50-mile mark, his pace slowed, and he soldiered on in a fugue state. Pain washed through Goggins in waves, and his thighs felt as though they were loaded with lead. 
A few miles later, Goggins' lungs seized up and his chest rattled as he hawked up knots of brown mucus. At mile 69, the small seven-foot ramp buckled his knees and sent Goggins reeling backward. He staggered and nearly capsized, and at the 70-mile mark, he couldn't take another step forward. And sure as the Earth's rotation, those questions rose up in his head. Had anybody in the history of mankind even attempted something so foolish? Could this even be done? Why? Why the fuck am I still doing this to myself? Kate, his now wife, a nurse guided him to his lawn chair and removed his shoes. His tube socks were caked in blood from cracked toenails and broken blisters. Goggins sat there, face and palms, for 20 minutes watching his cushion of time dwindle as he ate some of those Ritz crackers and drank his thick protein drink Myoplex. Kate put his shoes back on and helped him stand back up. Goggins, in ungodly pain, began to walk as the world wobbled on its axis. But he was walking at a pace way too slow for the successful completion of 100 miles in 24 hours. Four hours later, at nearly 2 a.m., Goggins had hit the 81-mile mark, and Kate broke some news. She said, I don't believe you're going to make the time at this pace. Goggins, why coming into the race was... Oh, Goggins' why coming into the race was in remembrance of Operation Red Wings, but when shit really hit the fan, reasons had to get personal. Why? Why are you still doing this to yourself, Goggins? He screamed in response, because you are one hard motherfucker. Goggins felt a surge of energy build immediately, and this is when David found his own imaginary cookie jar. Goggins shares, the cookie jar is a concept I've employed whenever I need a reminder of who I am and what I am capable of. We all have a cookie jar inside of us because life, being what it is, has always tested us. Even if you are feeling low and beat down by life right now, I guarantee you can think of a time or two when you overcame the odds and tasted success. It doesn't have to be a big success or victory either. It can be something small. The cookie jar became Goggin's energy bank. Whenever the pain became too much, he dug in and took a bite. The pain was never gone, but it only came in waves because his brain was otherwise occupied. Using this concept, Goggins pushed through and completed 101 miles in 19 hours and 6 minutes. With a destroyed body to prove it, Goggins stamps this chapter with, the human body can withstand and accomplish a hell of a lot more than most of us think is possible. And that all begins and ends in the mind, which brings us to challenge 6. All right. Uh, thank you very much for that summary, Jay. Sure. Um, you're really good at summaries. Thanks, man. I'm like, I have an idea I'm like, too feels like I'm reading the, the, the uh, story again in my head. But um, so uh, for those of you watching, so challenge six uh, at the end of this chapter is uh, referring to the cookie jar. So take inventory of your cookie jar. Crack your journal open again. Write it all out. Remember, this is not some breezy stroll through your personal trophy room. Don't just write down your achievement hit list. Include life obstacles you've overcome as well, like quitting smoking or overcoming depression or a stutter. Add in those minor tasks you've failed earlier in life, but tried again a second or third time and ultimately succeeded at. Feel what it was like to overcome those struggles, those opponents, and win. Then get to work. So set ambitious goals before each workout and let those past victories carry you to new personal bests. If it's a run or a bike ride, include some time to do interval work and challenge yourself to beat your best mile split. Or simply maintain a maximum heart rate for a full minute, then two minutes. 
If you're at home, focus on pull-ups or push-ups. Do as many possible in two minutes. Then try to beat your best. When the pain hits and tries to stop you short of your goal, dunk your fist in and pull out a cookie and let it fuel you. If you're more focused on intellectual growth, train yourself to study harder and longer than you ever before or read a record number of books in a given month. Your cookie jar can help there too. Because if you perform this challenge correctly and truly challenge yourself, you'll come to a point in any exercise where pain, boredom, or self-doubt kicks in. And you'll need to push back to get through it. The cookie jar is your shortcut to taking control of your own thought process. Use it that way. The point here is to make yourself feel like a hero for the fuck of it. It's not a hooray for me session. It's to remember what a badass that you are so you can use that energy to succeed again in the heat of battle. All right. And so uh, who would like to go first? Um, We broke down our cookie jars into a physical one, a mental one, and an emotional one. And each of us are going to talk about ours. Yeah, so uh, I have mine um, already because, like, I like the way you broke it down, and I think I mentioned that when we had, like, our virtual. Um, so physical, um, I would just say recently climbing to the top of metal, like, to me that was, like, an accomplishment. Ooh, that was hell so, yeah, like, dude. Fucking shaking and, like, not being able. <laughs> I think the height thing is, like, now I'm more comfortable. Like, if we go to do it again, I'm like, bro, I'm not worried about the height. I'm more right. of, like can I do it multiple times? Can I mm-hmm. get up there, get down, get up there, get down? Mm-hmm. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't even do it a second time. Like my arms were done. Toast. Yeah. Um, so that's a physical thing. I think, um, it, I think it's more mental, but it was more of the height thing. That was like, I it felt like accomplishment. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Um, mental, um, past year or past two years, I had a, 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 a breakup. Um, I thought the woman would be there for like a long, long time of my life. Um, we kind of just separated and went our separate ways. Um, I had to find my own independence after a very long relationship. You know what I mean? I think people that have gone through stuff like that know what I'm talking about. It's sort of hard mm-hmm. to find that dependence when you've always had someone in your life for a long time. Um, I just had to own up my own up to my own life. You know what I mean? Over, t- I had to build up myself and not <clears> look <throat> for any value out ex- externally from me. And that was the mental one. Yeah, that's my mental mm-hmm. one. What did it? teach you exactly um just it personal development most it taught me responsibility accountability um Mm. if you can't show up for other people you damn sure can't show up for yourself so you need to focus on being able to show up for yourself first then being able to help and guide others right Mm. um okay what was the physical mental emotional emotional um no so that's emotional that was an emotional that was that's emotional mental um that's a little of a hard one I would say uh, reading and sort of on the lines of the emotional side is personal development because I think those go hand in hand. Um, personal development is everything from um, waking up to uh, being disciplined on time when you go to work, me right. showing up to the book club. Um, right. Personal development is a very wide range of things. It's a mental thing, um, being responsible, being accountable, being someone of integrity, respect. Um, when I look at um, my mental capacity, I think I'm a lot stronger from where if I'm just dating back to when I had my breakup, I would say I'm way mentally stronger now, not just emotionally, but mentally overall, intellectually, any other way I think when I talk to people, I'm always looking for how can people benefit themselves the best. And so what's like, the, what's the cookie? I, I don't understand what the cookie is. 
Um, what you so, just said. So it would be my, my personal development. I kind of threw those in together, emotional and... Um, I just want to go, as, that's kind of vague. My personal development, like, these are supposed to be things you can draw from and be like, this is going to oh, help okay, push okay, me. Oh, okay, okay, because I did the, okay, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, so, like, that's, before it was, like, climbing the thing, right, you know? Yeah, climb the thing that's and like a, break a up. Yeah, and that broke up with, we broke up, and then, so mental, that's, I mean, that's I would say, one. I can kind of, maybe, would, maybe see from what I've seen from you, Devin, is, like, you're, because I, I, when, it's interesting that, Jay, you'd broke it down into three things like that, because I was, like, debating, I was, like, what's mental and emotional, because the emotions really start in your head, like, the mental part of it is somewhere inside of you in your head or whatever but um i i mean mental you're like your ability to learn to really focus and study and learn how to trade that's one thing i'd say like that's your cookie you know what i mean that's something that you can grab like i i came from this to now and i know how to really practice my cognitive uh, cognitive ability to study and read charts and and you, you've learned a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, yeah, that's there you go. Like one. chart that's reading. That's, that's something like, yeah. I, I, I was just trying to get you not be yeah, so vague about it. I, yeah. I wanted you to like yeah. be like, this is a thing, right? Yeah. This is a, a closed circle. Definitely. And I think John makes a good point too, because like, let's say you get to a point and you know, I, I've been at this point, I don't know, I know you probably have, but mm -hmm. you get to a point where you're trying to learn something, right? And you're like, I, I just can't figure it out. Yeah. You need to be able to dunk your hand in that cookie jar and be like, this is why I can do it. If I can do this, I can do that. Yeah. If you're like my personal development, the cookie's kind of crumbly and it breaks apart. Yeah, in your hand. yeah, yeah. It's like real vague. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're like, I want, I want you to pull something solid. Yeah, so I like, learned how to read charts. That's not easy. You know yeah. what I mean? You learned how to yeah. do it. You learned how to apply your own methods to doing that. Yeah. You know that that cookie has structure. You yeah. know what I mean? Where if you're really learning something and you hit a wall, because it's gonna happen. You want that cookie to be one Strong, that you can yeah, really pull from. Pull, yeah, definitely. Know? So yeah, thank you, thank you for that, guys. Uh, I think that's that's my third one is the uh, chart reading, financial literacy, being able to create a budget. You know what I mean? Right. If I ever run into financial problems again, like that's I a have, lot of I mental could, power. So, you know yeah, what I mean? There's a yeah. so. there's a lot of thinking like that now. I could like I, I'm like coming up with stuff like yeah. See, so definitely yeah, thanks for that. Mm. And if you think about too, what did I learn from them? That kind of helps you kind of hone in on a specific yeah. piece right okay. i have these three cookies but what did i learn from them that's where you'll get really the cookies that are like down deep in there yeah you know mm -hmm. dig deep definitely all right oh, yeah. good ones good um, ones i can uh <clears throat> for me for my my physical one it was when i feel when i feel like i need to reach down in that cookie jar um there's a point where I had set this goal to be able to do 20 pull-ups consecutively. This is the first thing that came to mind is uh, I didn't think I'd yeah. be able to do that because it just, I've always been like a really um, not physically fit like kid. And I was always like that weakest person in the room. And, and when I, you know, got older and really invested into my health and my physical um, well-being and going to the gym, you know, with John and really, all of these things sort of really solidified and took place when we started the beginning of this book club. And I, I didn't think I could do it, but it now I can do it like, like nothing. And it's, yeah, like, I, I remember when you, when you were working on that stuff. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. And, um, you know, when it, when physically, when I'm in the gym, it taught me that even though it feels probably impossible <laughs> to, to achieve a, like a, I want to be able to bench press this. Or I want to be able to pull up like, a hundred pull-ups or do 300 push-ups in a day or, or some crazy number 
uh, I can always look back and be like, well, I thought it was impossible for me to really do 20 pull-ups consecutively. And there was a point, there was a point where I couldn't even do like two. So I reach in that cookie when I'm, when I'm really trying to get somewhere and do a, like reach a physical goal for myself. Um, I'd say for my mental one, this one took me a little bit of time to think about. I was thinking about this one today and I broke it down to when I had decided to do my freelance graphic design business um, at home and I put myself into the mental space that I, that I needed to be in as if I already had a graphic design job that I loved and that I really learned to appreciate and I woke up early even though I didn't have a set schedule to clock in with or, or uh, have someone on my back. I, I trained myself to study people's day in the lives who were graphic designers and I think mentally I just pictured I had to live the the life that I wanted even then and um it eventually that pattern or that repetition or vibrating at that level if you will for lack of a better term I just lived um that design like uh pattern or routine if you will that I needed to do to eventually just train myself to get to a point where like I could have uh, a better job if I wanted to apply for um, a company, which ultimately that's that's what ended up happening. So anytime where I feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I want to live uh, this life where I want to like perform my career at a certain level, I kind of can re remind myself that I can train or or practice my my mental ability to to act as if I am doing that and my career isn't it, like it's learning to enjoy like that that journey of like all right I'm going to get there one day and I really have to put my mindset into that position to to do that um and then for my emotional one I would say uh that one had to deal with the breakup too so sort of similar to Devin's but um I wrote down I learned to understand that everyone wears a different lens on their eyes. That's like very, that goes back to the first uh, book that we had read, which was the seven habits of highly effective people and learning that everyone has a different lens on their eyes and that two people could be right. Uh, really was, uh, something that helped me forgive, forgive those who I felt had hurt me in a way. I think it was a really big, um, reality check for me and that I needed to hold myself accountable and not sort of blame it's it helped me to understand like I, like we were both right and we both did something so it, it helped me to to forgive and i think it teaches me to sort of get a good grip on my emotions whenever whenever i feel like i'm getting emotional about something because someone sees something one way i think i can remind myself that they actually have a different lens on their eyes so it helps me just not react and, and be so reactive because I feel like someone else is saying something that's hurting me. So emotional mastery, I think, was was something big for me, and it came out of just learning that we we all wear different lenses on our eyes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I like that a lot. I, I, that like helps me out like yeah. all the time now. Yeah, hell uh, yeah, everyone's got a different pair now. Hell yeah! All right, John, how about you? Um, okay. My three cookies were. For physical, um, so for physical, I wrote down running the seven miles with like a seven minute 30 pace. 
Um, that was just a big accomplishment for me physically. I'd never done anything like that before. Yeah, that's wild. Um, so being able to do that for me, I was like, see, I was like, I was like, you haven't even scratched, you know, scratched it yet, dude. I was like, yeah. this is the best you ever performed. And I was like, and you're training by yourself, you know, I was like, you can do more than this. And I, so that kind of goes along with this chapter too, you know, and I, I know like he did hundred miles, which is crazy, you know, but I was like, Hey dude, maybe you can do 10 miles, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to work back up, back up to that. So now when I'm running, I was like, dude, don't like, you're not tired. Like you've done more than this, faster than this, you know, don't be like, don't be soft. Mm -hmm. Um, for emotional, uh, I talked about, I wrote down me, this new job and becoming a welding teacher, it's full circle in my life. You know, my welding teacher in high school had a huge impact on me and I'd always tell him that I wanted his job and the, the journey I've got to be on because I decided to take welding in high school and the connection I've been able to make and how I get to be doing it right now and, and, and I'm able to affect these these kids and stuff, dude. It, it just it just so wild to me, you know? Um, like my journey's still continuing. It, it gets me excited, you know? It gets me excited to see them. I'm like, you guys haven't even started yet. Um, <laughs> and uh, this, this book's been real good about that, you know, because some kids, they talk to me about what they want to do after high school, yada, yada. And I was like, that's cool. I was like, but why do you got to wait till next year till after you graduate? Why don't you start that now? What's stopping you, yeah. you know? And I, I'm, I'm, think, I'm trying to teach them more to like, take advantage of right now. Like, why do you guys always put like grand, grandioso dreams in the future? Like what, you know? Yeah. So I think some of them are starting to get that, you know? I was like, don't wait for anything. Go get it right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm happy I'm able to be there. That's a big emotional cookie for me. Um, mental was... Uh, my my first real job where I joined the workforce and before I'd been in different places and I've been I'd been learning about what I've been doing you know crafting my skill, and then my first real big job uh, I went from a welder a pipe fitter helper to being like the welder pipe fitter lead man for the company like having my own crew and uh, getting responsibilities and climbing up just the work ladder I, I felt very validated with myself and like hey look man, you know something now right the company's validated you they've given you like a level. So I think that was like the first time in my life where I was like, I, I'm not just some punk. I'm not just some welder. Like, I'm not a screw up. Like, I can be something, you know? Because I always thought I could be. But uh, I just didn't, you know, you just don't know, right? Yeah. So um, that was like the first taste of like, hey, maybe you can do more than life than just be some, you know, maybe you can do more. So that's a cookie for me. Hell yeah, man. Those are all really good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, so I have three cookies. I'll start with physical. So I'm sure I've talked about it on here. There's a class we have to take as undergrad called EES 107. And so we did 60 miles in eight days, followed that up a couple weeks after the semester ended with doing 30 miles in two days. And so we would push the limit as to, okay, how far can we really backpack or hike? And so the backpacking 30 miles in two days, we had like 40 pound bags on our backs, hike up, like I think it was from 6,000 feet to about 10,000 foot elevation Damn. and just get up there. You know what I mean? And, you know, I never really experienced elevation like that, hiking, backpacking with weight on like that. So just the physical toll that took and for, like I took breaks. I'm not saying I did it all in one, one like did not stop like we did for four miles, but literally, you know, I made it. You know what I mean? And I did it in an element that I had never done that before. 
right? And so I learned that my body can put out a lot more results than my mind gives it credit for. Uh, I even used this on Saturday when David and I decided to run four miles continuous, no stopping. Um, towards the end, after about three miles, my body was like, hey, like, you know, you could probably slow down and take a walk now, you know? And it wasn't quite the cardio thing. It was more the legs were just like, dude, just walk, you know what I mean? <laughs> Chill. And then that same thing was playing in my head. I was like, if I can do 30 miles in two days, 4,000 foot elevation gain, why can't I do four miles in 45 minutes? Yeah. And, and on flat ground, it's a little hot, wham, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I used that cookie to be like, look, you did this, I think you can do this, you know? So those, that was one of my physical cookies that I, I keep in the cookie jar that I pull oh, back all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so for mental, last fall, fall 2020 semester, things were still virtual at Fresno State. And so school demands a lot every semester, but when I think back on that semester, not only was class moved completely online, but I was totaling 18 units. So full times 12, I was just like, look, I wanna get this done. Let me take time and a half. So full time and a half total units and so that was 18 units and so i decided to take the rest of like those top end undergrad classes except and leave myself with three classes in my final semester and so that was a real test of how much can you turn each of these boulders into a pebble and and submit a pebble at the end of the semester you know mm -hmm. and um I did it successfully. You know, not only did I do it successfully, I learned that I'm capable of handling a lot more mental intake than my mind gives me credit for. Yeah, that's right. And being in grad school, this is one that I keep leaning back on because every week it's a new mountain of paperwork you have to do, right? Like here's six more uh, scientific articles that we got to read chapter-wise. Um, here's some more work you have to do. Here's some more students. You have to grade their work and have full-on discussions to help them learn. Like, there's a lot of mental aspects in grad school that I lean back on this for because it's like, if I can do that, I think I can do this. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm at full-time now. I'm not doing 18 full semesters. And some of them are grad classes. But the thing is, is like, if you can do those 18 units all online and make the time to make that happen, plus our book club and plus doing working out in the gym and stuff, I think you can make it happen this semester, you know? So yeah. just kind of... Reestablishing and reinstituting that confidence in myself through the mental cookie, that, that's a big one for me. <clears throat> one that I haven't really used as of lately, but I still keep in the jar for, is my emotional one. My last breakup really tested emotional strength. I think everybody here can uh, attest to that in their own lives. Mm -hmm. I had nowhere to live and had to make a decision. So I moved from here to Washington State to live and attempt to go to UW uh, Tacoma and make things happen up there and so you know we had a house we had things going on things didn't go great so I, I genuinely did not have a place to live I had two play, two weeks to move out it was either go f make something happen in Washington or bite the bullet and come back to square one and retreat back to California regroup and come up with a new plan and so I decided for option B um, some people may not have I decided to just because I felt at the time that probably gave me the most stability where I could still go to school, not have to work full time and kind of build my life there. Mm -hmm. But it would have to have been more work centered than like self-development 
and school. Mm. And so I decided to come back here and, and I'm really glad I did. I'm so glad I did. Because if I had not, I do not know if I would have had, like, had the time or the desire to develop into the man that I am today. Um, there was a lot of things that went wrong upon coming back. Like there, it wasn't all freaking rainbows and butterflies. Once I got back, it was still a lot of hard work right. to get into a mental space where I could develop myself into a better person. Yeah, you work right now. Um, that's when I went through that drug habit. That's when uh, I, you know, I still did good in school, but I wasn't doing it as fast as I could. I wasn't mark networking. I wasn't developing. So I think back on that that time and kind of the whole list of events that followed it as like you made it through a drug habit, you made it through breaking up with some your first love or your first girlfriend and then moving back out of state to square one and made it happen and became better than I think I could have even become up there. Definitely. And so that's, that's one cookie that I heavily relied on at one point. And I, you know, at some points I still take it out now, but that's probably one of the most structured cookies in that jar because I think I made the most development of character and strength mentally, emotionally, and physically post-dating that. Yeah. So that, right. that's one of the biggest ones I took. Yeah, mm. I, think, I think we've all, like you said, we can all attest to, I think when you have a breakup, it's like a test of how strong are you going to become after this? Because right. my, how I see it is I'm trying to prove you I'm trying to come back and like low key <laughs> yeah. kind of shit on you. Like <laughs> yeah. that's my whole, like that's how, that's my cookie that I use. It's like, I'm not going to be like, you're not shit, but I want you to look at me and be like, damn, I was with him. I want her to tell people like that was my ex-boyfriend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I see it. Like I want to, I want you to look at me like I could have still been with him. Yeah. So mm -hmm. And Goggins even mentions it. And he, like he said, you can't, you can't make the big changes comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what's one of the most uncomfortable positions every young man's been in is after that first breakup. Yeah. That's one of the most uncomfortable times you'll ever have in your life. And if you haven't gone through that yet, you will. If you have, and you know what we're talking about, and I think you could feel it. But that's one of the, if you utilize it right, that can be one of the biggest times in your life for growth. Yeah. So really sit there and process what you can learn from that situation and um, apply it. And remember, there's so much life to live, too. It's yeah, only yeah. one person, you know what I mean? There's Definitely. so many other people to explore and experience. All right. So. so we've talked about our cookies. We'd love to hear about yours. If you could share some down in the comments below, we'd love to hear about it and be inspired by them. Yeah, hell yeah. And uh, we, if there's anything else you guys would like to say, you have the floor. You guys have anything right now? Um, I, think, I think we're good. Um, yeah. It's a crazy chapter. I, I can't wait, like, you know, if there is someone or our fans are watching these videos you know what i mean these these things are meant to be applied to your life and then that's when the change is going to happen and it's going to be uncomfortable it's not going to feel good all the time for change sometimes change has to like you know break you down in order to build yourself up in, in the way that you want you know yeah, unless you're David Goggins and you're just built for this shit. Yeah, like, David Goggins. He had his process, <laughs> too. He had his process, He enjoys too. it. He enjoys yeah. being fucking... Definitely. But, um, All right, John. Yeah, anything you want to mention? You're good? I'm good. Yeah. All righty. All right, cool. Let's wrap it up. All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode. That was Chapter 6 from Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Title of the chapter is... Um, not about a trophy it's not about a trophy we hope you really enjoyed this episode we enjoyed making it and we enjoyed reading it 
So before you take off, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave a comment. Let's hear about your cookies. I want to be inspired. I want to see them down below. I want some of your cookies. Hell yeah, man. Give me those cookies. I want cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms. All the information will be down in the description below. And don't ever forget, the work you put in now equals who you'll be tomorrow. Maybe you're the protagonist in your story, but like there's a million other people.